You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include five bodies were discovered in Mexico and a New Jersey woman is set to pay over $1.5 million after a check scam. Here's your national news recap for the week of November 28th. A fourth teenager is dead after the school shooting in Michigan. A 15-year-old student in Oxford High, north of Detroit, is accused of killing four classmates and injuring seven others on Tuesday. Police are pouring over surveillance video and tracking his social media where he reportedly had posted a countdown. All schools in the district were closed for the rest of the week. An FDA health panel is endorsing Merck's COVID-19 pill for emergency use authorization. It could become the first U.S. authorized at-home treatment for COVID. It would treat adults with mild to moderate COVID symptoms who are at risk for severe disease or hospitalization. The first confirmed U.S. case of the Omicron coronavirus variant has been confirmed. Dr. Anthony Fauci says the case is from a person who traveled to South Africa to California. Fauci says the person was vaccinated and is in quarantine. President Biden called the variant a case for concern, not a cause for panic. A federal jury has found two Portland members of the Gypsy Joker Outlaw Motorcycle Club guilty of kidnapping and murder and the death of a former club member. The body of Robert Huggins was found in a Clark County, Washington field in 2015. He had been tortured before his death. Portland Gypsy Joker Clubhouse president, 61-year-old Mark Denklaw of Woodburn and 51-year-old Chad Erickson of Rayner were both found guilty of murder and kidnapping in connection with racketeering. They face a mandatory minimum sentences of life in prison. A man is back behind bars after being mistakenly released from Marion County Jail in Salem, Oregon. Salvador Ledesma had been convicted of sex abuse and rape. He was released on November 22nd because of an administrative mistake, something the Marion County Sheriff's Office didn't realize until November 30th. Someone in Salem spotted him and he was taken into custody Wednesday without incident. An investigation is underway to determine how future accidental releases of an inmate can be prevented. Multiple windows are broken after an explosion from an electrical vault shook up a Los Angeles neighborhood. No injuries are reported, but firefighters say there is damage to a building in North Hollywood. The underground electrical vault blew up at about 7.45 Thursday morning. The underground electrical vault blew up at about 7.45 Thursday morning on the 5600 block of North Farmdale Avenue. Firefighters call it a forceful blast. It was heard throughout the area and sent debris flying. The vault is located in a space between a three-story apartment building and the street. One of the final remaining hurdles from Gateway Tunnel Rail Project is being cleared following approval from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. A permit was issued Wednesday morning allowing construction of the tunnel and tracks through the Meadowlands and under the Hudson River. It's a $12.3 billion project that will build two new tunnels and repair the existing tunnels, which are over 110 years old. Once funding is secured, construction can begin in the summer of 2023. 
Two Iowans are among five finalists in a million-dollar lottery prize. A woman from Titanka and a man from Waterloo are in the running for a New Year's Powerball prize. The winner will be announced during Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve with Ryan Seacrest from New York's Times Square. The family of Gabby Petito is taking another step in helping families of missing people. The family is changing their Find Gabby social media pages to support searches of others who are missing. Petito disappeared during a cross-country trip with her fiancé, Brian Lundry. Petito was found dead in Wyoming, and Laundrie was found dead in Florida. High tides are returning to San Francisco and parts of the North Bay Friday through Sunday. The National Weather Service says the annual King Tides will deliver some of the highest tides of the year. Localized flooding will peak each day in many low-lying and coastal areas in the late morning and afternoon hours. The King Tides will be followed by some of the lowest tides of the year each afternoon. Another round of King Tides is projected for the end of December and into the new year. In New York, a Greene County woman is being indicted for murder in the stabbing death of a Catskill man. Cops say 32-year-old Carrie Weiser and 68-year-old Scott Myers went on a date this past weekend before going back to his home where she attacked him. Hudson Valley 360 reports detectives are trying to access home security camera footage of the incident, which is reportedly password-protected. Green County District Attorney Joseph Stanzione says Myers bled to death. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. Hi, it's Ram with your weekly dose of politics. The big news, the House passed a bill on the 2nd funding the government until the 18th of February, pending a tougher battle through the Senate. Quick approval there remains to be seen as they're still busy tussling over the president's vaccine mandate. If it clears, it'll keep the government running for 11 more weeks, generally at current spending levels while adding $7 billion to aid Afghanistan evacuees. The first funding pieces from the recently passed infrastructure bill are rolling out. One of them is $7.4 billion in 2022, the first installment of $50 billion committed put towards improving water quality and access in the state's Native American communities and territories. Of this, $2.9 billion will be used for the replacement of lead pipes and $866 million for addressing the presence of chemical industrial contaminants in water. The federal government can't dictate how that money is spent, but the EPA says that they're urging governors and other administrators to prioritize sending money to historically underserved communities that have long faced challenges in accessing clean water. In Virginia, officials have began recounting votes on the 2nd for the two districts that requested recounts with thin margins between Republicans and Democrats. Candidate Askew currently trails Republican Greenhall by 127 votes out of 28,413, and Mugler trails Republican Cordoza by 94 votes out of 27,388 counted. Republicans say that they're confident that they'll maintain the lead and complete a party sweep of the offices. Senator Durbin, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, heavily criticized the director of the federal prison system, Michael Carvajal, calling for his firing immediately on the 2nd. This came days after an Associated Press investigation that detailed serious misconduct involving federal correctional offices and revealed more than 100 Bureau of Prison workers that have been arrested, convicted, or sentenced for crimes since the start of 2019. The topic of abortions is taking central stage in social settings, as the Supreme Court sets their sights on taking it up as a formal topic. They are currently in private debate after Texas and later Mississippi banned abortions within their borders. Democrats are worried about their prospects in the midterm elections and are hoping that this will rouse voters enough to turn out in favor for them. I'll wrap up with some quick stories for you. 
The House panel investigating the January 6th Capitol insurrection voted on the first to pursue contempt charges against former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark for refusing to answer the committee's questions, but the panel agreed to let him come back for another try. Republican Governor of Massachusetts Baker announced that he would not be seeking a third term, and Representative Peter DeFazio, the longest-serving U.S. House member in Oregon's history and a staunch advocate for environmental issues, said that he too will not seek re-election next year. I've been Ram, with your politics for the Rowan Report. I'm Victoria Baker with your international news. Japan is blocking all flight bookings into the country until New Year's Day, even for Japanese citizens. Today's surprising announcement comes as nations are scrambling to slow down the spread of the new coronavirus variant. People who already have tickets for flights to Japan will be allowed to travel to the country, but Japanese citizens who are out of the country and haven't booked tickets yet to fly back home won't be allowed to come home until January at the earliest. British regulators are ordering Facebook's parent company Meta to undo its recent acquisition of Giphy. The UK Competition and Marketing Authority, or CMA, said today the Meta controls of the popular search engine for GIFs would reduce competition between social media platforms. GIFs are short, looping videos and animations. Facebook bought Giphy for a reported $400 million in 2020. Meta says it disagrees with the CMA's orders and is considering all options, including appeal. Nissan is making a big investment in electric vehicles. The automaker will spend $18 billion throughout 2030. That money will go towards 15 all-electric vehicles and Nissan CEO admits it's time to make a shift. He said the plan, known as Nissan Ambition 2030, is aimed to accomplish many things, including reducing the company's carbon footprint. Nissan has a new electric vehicle coming out to the U.S. in the fall of next year. It's called the Aaron SUV, and it starts at just over $47,000. U.S. military leaders are in South Korea to discuss their alliance and threats from North Korea. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin will arrive in Seoul this afternoon for the annual security meetings. The head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, will also be at the meeting and meet today and the South Korean counterpart. Over 28,000 American troops are based in South Korea. The U.S. and South Korea said the military activities are not needed to deter North Korea. And North says the two countries are creating tension with their activities. Russia is telling some U.S. embassy staff members to leave Moscow. State News says the Russian Foreign Ministry has ordered the U.S. embassy staff who have been in Moscow for over three years to leave Russia by January 31st. Last week, Russia's ambassador to the U.S. said the 27 Russian diplomats and their families were told to leave the U.S. by January 30th. The U.S. embassy in Moscow has not commented on the report. Police in Mexico say they exhumed a clandestine burial site where they uncovered bodies of five men. Border reports say investigators working on a tip without possible drug cartel activity took cadaver canines to the property Sunday. The dog sniffers led to the exhumation, which started Sunday and continued Monday. Bullet shells, IDs, and other personal items were also uncovered. That was your international news. I'm Victoria Baker. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. An investigation is underway after a truck struck a boy in Egg Harbor, New Jersey. 
Authorities say a Dodge Ram struck a 10-year-old boy while he was crossing Spruce Avenue just before 5 p.m. recently. The driver, 27-year-old Nicholas Westfall, remained on the scene and no charges have been filed. Police say they're still investigating the incident, but the boy sustained serious injuries. The Maryland State Board of Education held a virtual meeting on school masking and decided to draw up another emergency regulation. The current mandate is set to expire on February the 25th. However, the board wants to give local districts more flexibility if they meet certain metrics. According to Maryland State School Superintendent Muhammad Kudhuri, the off-ramps for determining if mask requirements could be lifted may also include COVID transmission rates. For now, Maryland public school students must continue to wear their face masks. The next board meeting is scheduled for December the 7th. In addition to this, Governor Larry Hogan is urging all eligible Marylanders to get vaccinated against COVID-19 as the first confirmed cases of the Omicron variant were confirmed in the United States. During a recent update, the governor said Marylanders should not panic since the state has one of the strongest variant surveillance systems in the country. Hogan says getting vaccinated and the booster shot is the best line of defense, and those who get their booster in the coming weeks will be fully protected by Christmas. Delaware's Dell Dot is launching a new Name That Plow contest for elementary students. Young people are being given the opportunity to easily point out their plow by giving it a cool name. Parents should help their children pick out a name and send it to Dell Dot along with their school's name and the student and teacher's name. One winner will be chosen from each county. The lucky winners will also get a visit from a snowplow driver at their school for a show and tell. From Annie McCormick at 6abc.com, Dr. Mehmet Oz announced recently that he is running for Pennsylvania's open U.S. Senate seat as a Republican. The heart surgeon turned celebrity doctor who received his MD and MBA from the University of Pennsylvania is being criticized for not holding residency in the very place he aims to represent. However, Oz's campaign team told 6ABC he has rented a home in Bryn Athen, Montgomery County for the past year and voted there too. Oz went to high school in Delaware and undergrad at Harvard University. His wife's family has lived in Bryn Athen for decades. The FCC announced they are pulling his syndicated shows off Pennsylvania and New York airwaves until the race is over. If you were looking to ring in 2022 with fireworks on New Year's Eve in Baltimore, think again. The city has canceled its fireworks display for a second year in a row. But unlike last year's canceling due to the pandemic, city officials say this year's cancellation is a matter of economics. Citing logistics and costs for its decision, the city pulled the plug on the celebration. In a statement from the Mayor's Community and Economic Development Office, Deputy Mayor Ted Carter said after reviewing the situation, it was decided to cancel the fireworks. Carter's statement also said the city will reevaluate the situation in 2022 and decide how to move forward with fireworks celebrations next year. From Noah Cohen at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, a Middlesex County woman was sentenced to six years in prison for embezzling nearly $1.8 million from her employer in a fraudulent check scam over five years, officials said. Tammy L. Martinez wrote fraudulent checks payable to herself, or cash, by forging her boss's signature while she worked as an office manager and bookkeeper at a newer company, according to court documents. Martinez cashed the checks at New Jersey bank branches in the scheme that ran from January 2014 through March 2019, according to filings in the case. In October 2019, Martinez pleaded guilty in Newark Federal Court to bank fraud, the U.S. Attorney's Office said. Martinez, 49 of South Amboy, must also serve five years of supervised release and was ordered to pay restitution of $1.78 million, officials said. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Karai Bennett with the Euro News. 
Working with four local news organizations, Rowe University is helping to strengthen communities through the sharing of news. Stanford Tweedy, the dean of the Rick Edelman College of Communications and Creative Arts, said Rowan, through its partnership and the New Jersey Civic Information Consortium, joins a first-in-the-nation effort to leverage public funds to help better inform underserved communities. Students and faculty within the Rowan Department of Journalism partnered with four local news organizations that received funding through the NJCIC, the Hamilton Gazette, an Atlantic County Weekly, Hope Loft, a Bridgerton-based nonprofit, the Trenton Journal, and the Collaborative Stories of the Atlantic City Project. 14 grants averaging 35000 were awarded from among 74 applications to help emergency enterprises become self-sufficient. The New Jersey Civic Information Consortium is currently organizing statewide public meetings to solicit feedback on its first year of operation and to identify any changes needed in the program direction or the application process for its second year of grant making. Once again, I'm Karai Bennett with your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world. Rowan University winter sports are in full swing, but a few Rowan fall sport athletes have been honored as their seasons have ended. From the Rowan women's soccer team, seniors Ariana Durling and Aiden Sheehan were named to the Division Three Region Four first team. Durling was a force on the defensive side of things for the profs, contributing to nine of the profs' shutouts this season. Sheehan was the leading goal scorer for the profs, scoring nine goals for Rowan during the 2021 campaign. Both were named all NJAC players last month as well. Christina Casignola of the Rowan field hockey team was named MFHCA Region 4 Player of the Year. She was the leader of the Profs field hockey team offensively, netting 18 goals and 8 assists. It was a personal best for her offensively on the year. She was the second Rowan field hockey player to ever receive the award. Casignola was also the 2021 NJAC Midfielder of the Year as well. Moving along to the hardwood and Rowan women's basketball, the Profs beat the Stockton Ospreys in their last matchup this past Wednesday by a final score of 53-45. to Emma Marone led the way in scoring with 13 points while also adding 10 rebounds and 3 steals. The Profs will take on the 4-4 Kane University Cougars today at 3 p.m. As for the Rowan men's basketball team, they lost their first game to the Stockton Ospreys on Wednesday, losing by 29 with the score being 98-69. to The Profs as a team shot under 30% from the field. Stretch Hawkins was the leading scorer with 10 points in the loss. The Rowan men's basketball team will look to bounce back and also take on the King University Cougars today at 1 p.m. at home in Glassboro. Moving along to professional sports and Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball free agency was in full swing with big names going to different places. Former Cy Young winner Max Scherzer signed a three-year contract with the New York Mets while Corey Seager is heading to the Texas Rangers along with Marcus Simeon to form a dynamic infield in Texas down south. 
a lot of money was contributed to that contract, over $300 million for Corey Seager as well. The Philadelphia Phillies also made a few moves by signing pitcher Corey Kniebel to their bullpen and infielder Johan Camargo. However, free agency will be put on pause with the MLB going into its first work stoppage since the 1994-95 season. As for now, there will be no agreement that's going to be in place and won't be agreed upon anytime soon. From the diamond to the hardwood, Lakers superstar LeBron James had tested positive for COVID-19 last week, but then on Thursday of this week, according to ESPN's Dave McMenamin, it had been reported he had taken eight COVID tests since his original positive test, and they all came back negative. So James's first positive test was a false positive. Sticking with the COVID theme, but in the NFL, Tampa Bay Buccaneers receiver Antonio Brown has been suspended three games by the NFL for using a fake vaccine card and lying about his vaccination status. With that, I'm Nick Earnshaw with your news around the sports world right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler with your Rowan Report business update. Top crypto firm executives are set to testify before Congress. The House Financial Services Committee announced the hearing will feature executives of eight major cryptocurrency firms and will focus on getting a grasp around the challenges and benefits of financial innovation in the U.S. This will mark the first time major players from the crypto world will testify before lawmakers. The hearing is set for December 8th. Disney is announcing the replacement for Chairman Bob Iger when he formally exits this year. Board member Susan Arnold is set to be his replacement when Iger formally exits on December 31st. Arnold has been a member of the board for 14 years, also holding roles as an executive for the Carlisle Group and Procter & Gamble. Iger said in a press release that she is the perfect choice for the role. CEO from 2005 until he stepped down in 2020, Iger has been the executive chairman at Disney for two years. The chair of the Senate Commerce Committee is inviting the CEOs of seven major airlines to testify next week. Washington Democrat Maria Cantwell, wants the airline executives to testify at an overnight hearing December 8th. Cantwell is following up on her call in July for airlines to explain worker shortages even though they received billions of dollars in the pandemic bailout. She's inviting the CEOs of American Airlines, Delta, Southwest, United, JetBlue, Alaska, and Spirit Airlines to testify. Officials from the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS are sending a simple message to their customers, shop early, ship early. The global supply chain delays are affecting delivery companies as mail orders are backlogged. To help relieve the bottlenecks, UPS is hiring around 100,000 seasonal workers to process packages. The Postal Service and FedEx say December 15th is their deadline to mail gifts via regular ground shipping. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your business news report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Searles. In an interview Thursday night on Good Morning America, actor Alec Baldwin says he did not pull the trigger before a bullet killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Baldwin also told George Stephanopoulos he does not know how a live bullet ended up on the Rust movie set in New Mexico. This is Baldwin's first sit-down interview since the fatal shooting on October 21st that also injured director Joel Souza. The house from Home Alone is available for rent on Airbnb. The house was made famous by exterior shots in the classic 1990 Christmas film. The Chicago-area home is listed as a single one-night stay scheduled for December 12th. The listing is being hosted by Buzz actor Devin Ratley, who was the older brother of Culkin's Kevin McAllister. The $25 stay will include holiday decorations, booby traps inspired by the film, 
Pizza, a screening of the franchise's latest film, and a new Home Alone Lego set. Booking will be available starting December 7th. Spotify is sharing the top albums of 2021. The streaming service announced Olivia Rodrigo's debut album, Sour, came in at number one. Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia, Justin Bieber's Justice came in second and third, respectively. Meanwhile, Equals by Ed Sheeran and Doja Cat's Planet Her round out the top five. The newly independent Republic Barbados has declared Grammy-winning artist Rihanna a national hero. The announcement came during a ceremony overnight, removing Queen Elizabeth as the island nation's head of state, marking the final break from Barbados's past as a British colony. Prime Minister Mia Motley announced the music superstar and entrepreneur will be honored as national hero of Barbados. The declaration lauded Rihanna's extraordinary commitment to the land of her birth. ABC is announcing the newest star of The Bachelor. Clayton Eckerd will lead the 26th season of The Dating Show. Eckerd was sent home last week on The Bachelorette, with producers keeping an eye on him to lead the next season. Eckerd played football at the University of Missouri, briefly spending time with the Seattle Seahawks before getting a job in medical sales. Rapper Travis Scott wants to pay for the funerals of the victims of the Astroworld concert stampede, but that's not sitting well with one of the families. The attorney for the father of nine-year-old Ezra Blunt sent a letter saying the offer is declined. They also refused to meet with Scott, saying they didn't want to be a part of any photo op. Blunt was the youngest of 10 people who died at the show, which was held earlier this month at Houston's NRG Park. His family is one of hundreds that have filed lawsuits. Dr. Mehmet Oz is officially announcing his bid for a U.S. Senate seat in Pennsylvania as a Republican. The 61-year-old cardiac surgeon and host of The Dr. Oz Show announced he will enter the race to try and replace retiring GOP Senator Pat Toomey in an op-ed published in the Washington Examiner. Oz is a longtime resident of New Jersey and registered to vote in Pennsylvania's Montgomery County last December. That's in the Philadelphia area, and a spokesperson of Dr. Oz said the TV personality has strong family ties. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.